Welcome to the Do Big Things Podcast. My name is Adam McRoberts, and we want you to do big things. This podcast is brought to you by Big Things Crewing. If you guys are signing up for an ultra marathon, we would love to help. We can get you coaching or training plans to get you in, or we can crew and pace you guys into the finish. Whatever you guys need for your next big adventure, we've got your back. We can coach you up, or we can crew you in. My guest today is on the absolute next level when it comes to mountain endurance. He holds the fastest known time on the first and third flat irons in Boulder, Colorado, the LA Freeway, which is a 50-kilometer ridge line along the Continental Divide, and he holds a bunch of other FKTs too. Uh, just last week, he set the latest, fastest known time on Long's Peak. To think about him going up and down Long's in under two hours just boggles my mind. When I have a good day, it's safe to say it takes me hours longer than it takes him. At the age of 24, he is lighting up the Colorado Trail and Mountain Endurance Circuit. I just had to talk to him, and even after our conversation, I'm still just amazed that it's humanly possible to get up and down Long's Peak in under two hours. Kyle Richardson is a really down-to-earth guy, and I had a blast chatting with him. I think you guys are going to dig the conversation, too. So with that, give it up for Kyle Richardson. Hello, Kyle. Yo. Hey, there you are. How you doing, man? Good. Can you hear me? I can. Sweet. Yeah, yeah, I hear you good. Sorry, that just good. took a second. Never used this thing before, so. Oh, that's okay. But yeah, it's, I guess it's working now, so that's good. I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me, man. Welcome to the Do Big Things podcast. How was your day today? Uh, It's been going well. Got out for a little bike ride um yeah how's your day nice. going it's good man it's good every day in boulder is good so we can't complain yeah. man yeah i was gonna ask are you are you in boulder um, i am man. i am in boulder um you know i we've never met formally i've seen you run on and up and down the trails usually at a lightning speed fat uh fast time <laughs> so i've seen you around a couple times but uh great to chat with you man yeah yeah cool thanks for having me on Absolutely, man. So um, I really want to hear about uh, your Long's Peak FKT, man. Under two hours just completely blows my mind. <laughs> I mean, that, that's just a huge mountain. Um, and doing it in 155 is just insane, man. Um, so I definitely want to hear about all of that. Um, so uh, let's just get into it, man. Like, so when you're heading up, are you, do you cut those switchbacks and, and take that ranger trail up of the other portions of the trail off as you're going up? Um, so yeah, it's sort of a, the, the route that I take is, is sort of a combination of a collection of trails, social trails and the climber, uh, climber trails. Um, okay. so like these are pretty much have been accepted kind of by, you know, I've encountered rangers on the, the climbers trail and, you know, they're, they're always, you know, super supportive. Um, but it is sort of a weird thing to talk about, I guess, deviating from what's sort of known as the, the main trail. 
the actual trail for sure. Yeah, I didn't know if there was any set rules or how that all works. Yeah, it's kind of just for, you know, keeping the, the history and lore of the mountain. That's sort of like been what everyone's used. That's, you know, been going fast on the mountain. Uh, that's not to say that there's some, you know, anything wrong with taking the keyhole route or, the, you know, the standard hiker's way to the top. It's just sort of, a, you know, kind of up for interpretation there picking your line up the mountain there's you know some aspects of creativity there and playing to your strengths and weaknesses as a runner I think taking into consideration sort of what the terrain is is like uh, that's kind of part of it um, is establishing that relationship with the mountain and it just so happens on longs that there's like a quicker more direct way that uses you know that the, the climbers trail there and then above tree line it's sort of like you know, piecing together the, the Jim's Grove trail, which is kind of mm. there. And after that, you're just sort of in the boulders. And so right. kind of just rock hopping at that point. And so you, it's all about navigating that, but then also picking your line. Cause you know, there's a, the way that I did, it's not certainly the, you know, the only way to do it. I know a lot of people that do it different ways and it's kind of okay. fun to compare that aspect hundred percent. Yeah. And so you're going up and down the North face, correct? Yeah. That's the, the quickest way up. Um, for sure. Old cables route. Yep. Yep. And so what's your relationship like with longs? I'm guessing you've spent a ton of time out there. You've gone up and down it probably hundreds of times. Um, when did you first start climbing longs and, and how have things changed since you first went out there? Um, I've, been going up and down longs for geez let me think seven years eight years i, I haven't done 100 laps yet that's that's oh, okay time um someday but yeah 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 um well let me turn this off uh you know i've been going up for a decent amount of time now and going up in all different conditions you know all the seasons i think that helps establishing that relationship. It's not just a summer thing. It's knowing it in the different elements. Uh, so yeah, I've been going up for a good chunk of time and, you know, uh, building the skill set it is to like move over that terrain fast and just kind of appreciating what is, what it is up there. And For sure. Now to do a time like this, I mean, do you have to be obsessed with longs? Like how much time have you spent out there? And I mean, have you been out there like how many times this summer and what's that sort of look like as you're building up to a, uh, an FKT like this? I think there definitely has to be an obsession, maybe not like to the point where it's sort of affecting like the quality of your life, but you definitely want to have like this attachment with it. Uh, I've gone up longs. I think the record day was number 16 uh, for the year. And so I did a handful of winter ascents, uh, like kind of starting even back in December and then January, February, March. And then uh, Rocky Mountain National Park actually closed because uh, of COVID. So mm -hmm. no laps for the next couple of months, even though it was sort of my plan to kind of keep going up there. Not, okay. not uh, Once I found out about the pandemic and sort of the, the closure, I definitely respected that and didn't want to didn't want to be up there. But then as soon as it opened back up, started getting back up there and, you know, just refreshing kind of like oh this is the way that i like to go and then kind of doing all the other fun routes on the mountains because 
there's you know every way up is kind of fantastic there isn't a, a bad route up the mountain so kind of just having fun out there like most of the days I spent out there were you know pretty relaxed and just kind of having a good time not not trying to go too fast um you can you can only do that so many times so definitely sure. that that background of appreciation and just yeah going up there and having a blast so, I mean, the most direct way up and down Longs is is that cables route. Yeah. What's your favorite way up Longs? Oof. Um, you've been up the Keyhole, Keyhole Ridge, Loft Route, Keener's Route. I'm sure there's some that I'm missing. Yeah, there's there's a bunch. You know, I've climbed the Diamond via the Casual Route. I've done, you know, a lot of the more moderate scrambles. I don't know. I just did Keyhole Ridge on Tuesday, and I was like, oh, wow, this is – I've done it a lot of times, but I was like, ooh, it, this is a really good route and yeah. pretty efficient too. Like, I was kind of surprised. I, I made good time on it and I wasn't like trying to kill it, but it's just a fun little scramble, cool positioning. I mean, Keener's is pretty hard to beat. I mean, that's kind of like the most epic position in the world or something, you know, crossing Broadway there. So, yeah, it's kind of like each route has its own little thing and uh, it's kind of hard to put one down, but I'll just go ahead and say Keyhole Ridge since I just did that. And ah, Nice, yeah. nice. Cool, man. Well, um, if you wouldn't mind, uh, just like take us back and, and you know, like, how did you, where did you grow up? What was your childhood like? And how did you eventually come to um, start moving really fast in the mountains? I'll try to make this short. <laughs> um so I grew up in Austin, Texas, uh, just kind of outside the downtown area uh, in the hill country. Always been a runner, played sports growing up. I have a twin brother and a sister. Um, yeah, really into sports and I also really into music. I've actually been playing the drums pretty much my whole life, uh, studied uh, percussion and music at CU. Um, so music's been a really big part of my life and that definitely influences like what I like to do outside. And so maybe we can touch on that in a bit. Cause I think, yeah, for sure. People always tell me like, Oh, you should talk about the music stuff more. And that's like, well, it's, it's people. A lot of times I just get asked about like, you know, the athletic achievements or the records and stuff, but back to, back to growing up, you know, spent, you know, a good, really, really great childhood with extremely supportive parents and, just had a, you know, was really appreciative of the outdoors. And my dad really, you know, like instilled that upon my family and like going camping. And so I had this love for the outside and just moving my body outside because I feel like I never really pinned exactly one thing growing up. Despite always running, I kind of just loved the movement of just, you know, going out and, and working hard. And yeah, moved to Colorado for school. Uh, kind of always had a dream of moving to Colorado and had a really good opportunity through through my music career and that sort of helped bring me to where you know I, I had a great time at school kind of got distracted a lot in the flat irons you know <laughs> running up that uh, green mountain but uh mm -hmm. yeah kind of just transitioned to taking running uh running more seriously I guess the most serious type of running that I did leading up to sort of where I'm at now is just kind of like middle school track and field but then outside of that is it's always been more of like a a hobby and a passion uh I didn't even really know that like what I do now or like mountain running was really a thing you know like when I was right so it's kind of crazy to look back and see your 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 path um but yeah that's kind of 
the progression and I started running in the mountains more once I moved to Colorado and meeting key figures in the community, like establishing relationships with certain mentors, mm-hmm. learning from them, kind of building upon my skill set. I think Boulder is like, as you can probably attest to, it's a it's a terrific place to learn. Like it's so it's intimidating because everyone's fast and the terrain is quite difficult. Like there's pretty much nothing, everything's a climb, you know, it's all technical. So I think coming here, you really like have a chance to absorb what's going around you and taking inspiration from different people. And you're like, Oh, I love what this person did, but I like to kind of do it this way. So I'm going to put a little twist on it. And like, that's kind of my style. And there's such a good supportive, you know, group system in the community and, there's so many different aspects that kind of make you try to, you know, show up and give it your best. Uh, so I think that's kind of a unique thing about Boulder. Uh, but yeah, just keep kept uh, working on running. And I don't know, I just sort of some random opportunities presented itself. And maybe, maybe they don't, they're maybe not so random, but uh, they seem kind of random to me. And I guess I kind of was able to pick up a couple of sponsors and, you know, kind of, that's where I'm at now. I've only been a sponsored athlete for a little over a year. Um, it's it's definitely amazing to have that support system, but I just love to get out and run in the mountains, and that's definitely what fuels sort of what I do. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah. So um, you're sponsored by Black Diamond, and uh, anybody else you're sponsored by? Uh, Black Diamond and then La Sportiva for. Uh, oh, you are La Sportiva. Yeah. Okay, awesome. So, okay. pretty pretty amazing uh, combo there. I'm so thankful and appreciative of all the support because all the hard goods and technical equipment that BD provides and their innovation and design team. Uh, the list goes on, but it's it's really cool to kind of feel like I'm in this this perfect partnership uh, where I feel like I really have the tools to kind of keep keep doing what I like to do yeah is it really like a partnership are they looking for collaboration with you with with products and um, is it the same thing with La Sportiva as well yeah with BD it's definitely hands-on I am in all the design uh, meetings and focusing on creating my own products bringing my own ideas to the table they're all super uh, like receptive of that you know it's crazy because I hit them up and they'll be like oh I'll be like oh I'm looking for a fast pack and like BD doesn't make one yet. And they're like, Oh, we'll send you out a, a proto or, and like, there's all this work um, behind the scenes. And it's so cool to be a part of that. Cause up until now, I, you know, I'm just, I'm buying that stuff or like trying to get a deal on that stuff. And it's cool to actually yeah. be on the other end. And it's when you have an idea that actually gets brought to life and then you see people using that product, it's like a crazy experience. I'm like, that's kind of, what's really awesome about partnering with BD is there it is it's most definitely a partnership and I know that it's not the case with all brands you know whether that's good or bad some people don't really want to be all up into the process uh yeah with Black Diamond like no complaints it's been it's been really cool to like see all sides of the company and feel like I have a voice yeah with Lost Sportiva it's a little more tricky just because it's a you know it's a global brand and there's a lot of you know really really top tier athletes i'm like i don't know if there's a totem pole but i'm not like i feel like i have a lot more to go in my in my career to start like asking for shoes to be made a certain way 
like a lot of experience in that realm and with shoes it's it's tricky but i mean i definitely voiced my opinions and stuff it just so happens that la sportiva also makes really really great shoes that work for me so i don't really have any complaints and not a whole lot of suggestions either just because yeah their shoes just work for me that's kind of all i've ever used and it's pretty cool to just kind of be psyched on like one shoe and it's like that shoe can do everything for you um hundred percent. Yeah. It's like, don't exactly, fix what's exactly. not broken. I've, I've heard a bunch of people say like, don't change the La Sportiva <laughs> mutants. Like you have it dialed in. They're a hundred percent. They're exactly like we want them. Never, ever, yeah, ever change. If I ever hear that so. they're changing them, uh, I'm stockpiling. <laughs> no kidding. I'm just yeah, going to buy like 50 yeah. pair. <laughs> so going back to when you were a kid, um, I mean, you said you ran a little bit ca- casually. Um, and did you play any other sports? I, soccer was a big one, uh, like club soccer, okay. school soccer. Uh, and then and running, like, it, yeah, it was just for fun. But I definitely was, like, focused. And I, I wasn't really racing, but I was, like, I knew what sort of fast kind of was. And I was, like, oh, I want to be able to run, you know, 10 miles at seven-minute pace. You know, can, can I do that? I know that's fast. My brother, also a runner, so there's – you know, we're competitive going back and forth. And sometimes we'd like race, race the trails together. We had a pretty sweet trail network, like right out my back door in the hill country in Austin. And we always loved trail running over running on the road. It was just so much more exciting. Like the whole technical aspect just made it like not purely a fitness thing. Like you definitely had to have the finesse to like have your footwork dialed and you know there's all these other little elements with trail running that just make it so much more exciting and not that road running is not exciting it's just one i'm not fast enough to ever be on the road so i have to have something else up my sleeve and so if there's if it's technical like okay that's gonna be good but uh yeah just having like my brother and then like the 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 trail system sort of opened my eyes to what you could do with your body and I didn't really know that mountain running was a huge thing. I mean, I definitely saw some of it, but it wasn't like, you know, from an early age, I was like following the the scene, like, or whatnot. I definitely right. kind right. of came into that and then got really into it and, you know, studied all the history. And, you know, now I kind of know the information, but I didn't really know anything about it back then. Yeah. Well, how did you get into it? I mean, you said you moved here and, and we're going to see you for school you were studying music. Um, how did you eventually find mountain running? Were you just uh, running around in the foothills, running up and down the flat irons, or yeah, how did question. it all start? Um, it mostly started just running up Green Mountain and the flat irons from uh, from campus. I was like, oh, I, like, oh, okay. Right, came into college the summer before I, you know, I was running every day, and so you know, naturally, I was just going to keep running during school, uh, and I. I've always been, like I said, a fan of the trails over the road. So I was really curious to just explore. And there's so many trails. So, you know, every day doing something different, but then always coming back to do Green Mountain and then started like playing on the second flat iron and starting to see other people like running by. And I'm like, oh, who's that? And then, you know, like going down that that progression, uh, that's definitely what sort of led me more into the mountains. Uh but definitely it started in Boulder and just sort of building that trail running skill set, that mountain running skill set of, you know, being able to navigate technical terrain, like, Oh, there's actually rocks on the trail. Like you can't just shuffle along. You kind of have to pay attention. 
so yeah it definitely was a very natural kind of just oh like i like doing this thing i'm gonna keep doing this thing and then i met you know some buddies and kind of just kind of went from there it's there's definitely some little critical moments along the way that stand out in my mind but it those sort of just kept propelling me sort of the direction i am now um yeah yeah for sure i mean boulder is just an inspiring place man like you know, I'd done some ultra running for the last decade or so, and I'm from Wisconsin originally, and I did a bunch of ultra running there, and, you know, I was all right, and I came out here, and I remember going out for a bike ride one day, and this gentleman who looked like he was probably about 70 just blew by me on a bike like he was, like I was standing still, and I'm just like, wow, okay, welcome to yeah. Boulder, here I am, like, everybody's fit, everybody's an athlete, everybody's into, like, totally. two sports, and it's just yeah, an inspiring sure. place. No, I took so um, um, I got passed on the bike today. Like I was like, what's, I mean, it was, it was a headwind <laughs> and I was like, I mean, we're going, we're going easy, but it's, <laughs> you know, like that, that kind of stuff is like, you kind of just have to be okay with that. Cause if you're like obsessed with that, oh, like sure. you're, you're not going to fit, you'll just like burn out. <laughs> so like, there's always, oh, for the sure. thing is there are always people doing that. And there's also people that are doing that and they're not talking about it. So there's all these like underground crushers and like, they maybe they don't really share on social media or like it's just such a it's growing and, and becoming such a big network that there's like it's you can't keep up like something someone's doing something rad every day and like you really can pull from that um but then yeah all the people that don't even talk about it you're like it's hard to think back of what you know people were running way back in the day what people were climbing you know all that stuff and you read that back and you're just like wow like the sport's really transformed it's like it's inspiring to see the progression, but also inspiring to look back and see what those, like those legends, you know, we're doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. You talk about legends and you mentioned your mentors earlier. Um, I know you're friends with uh, Anton Kropitschka and Joe Grant. And I'm, I'm guessing those are a couple of guys that, um, that you kind of look up to. They've been around the scene yeah. for a while. Um, I mean, do Bill Briggs and Buzz Burrell, do they fit in that same bracket as well as far as pioneers that you yeah, kind of look totally. up to? Uh, yeah, I mean, before Joe and Tony's time, you have the, the Briggs and Buzz and all those guys. Now, while I don't have the exact same relationship I have with those guys as Joe and Tony, I still, like, man, they, they've they really paved the way for, like, what we do now, and it's they're all so supportive. Yeah. That, in terms of like a closer relationship where I feel like I'm, you know, friends with, or I could hit this person up whenever like Joe and Tony have definitely been role models for me and like uh, mentors and really shared their ideas with me and like encouraged me to sort like share my own ideas and style. And it's like, I feel like we're, you know, not on the same level in terms of like, Oh, like I've done this, 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 and this, it, like, we're like peers, like we're, you know, we're friends, we compete together, you know, we, we each respect each other and like value each other as, you know, humans. And it's cool to have those guys be those figures because I mean, yeah, they're, you know, they've done a lot of the things in their career and it's, it's cool to, you know, have those guys support me and it's just cool to go out and like run with them and just climb, you know, or just like out having a good time. Like, just like buddies on the trail. Um, but when it comes to oh, like yeah. navigating Absolutely. more of the athlete kind of career and sort of navigating sponsors and stuff, it's cool to have them also like sort of share their knowledge about 
your value and your worth and like what it means to have kind of sort of be your own personal brand and just kind of little tidbits of information that it'd be hard to get if you don't really have someone in that position. So that's been extremely helpful. Mm -hmm. And yeah, those, I couldn't thank those guys enough. Like, uh, it's been pretty cool. For sure. Now, how did you meet those guys originally? Was it just out on the trail and they, they just took note of how fast uh, you were going up and down? I mean, that's how I picture it. That's probably not exactly how it was. More like just how you form any friendship. Like, I mean, obviously there, you know, there's some mutual respect and like, it's always kind of weird as being like a younger guy coming up and you have all these like, amazing, like outside of them too. I mean, there's so many athletes getting you know, like that, that, you're like oh do I fit really in this space like is this is this real like sometimes it just seems kind of like like what am I doing like <laughs> it's like hard to believe because it's, yeah. it's so cool um but I met Tony just like on the trail he is coming down from the maiden and the fat iron which are two pretty cool flat irons down towards like south mesa trailhead and I was actually going up there. He was coming down. We just passed each other, passed each other, and we're just like, "Hey!" Like we chatted for a second, and then uh, he asked me if I wanted to go climb an Eldo, Eldorado Canyon State Park, and uh, I was like, "Sure!" Like that sounds fun. Like I'd never been to Eldo before, so he gave me my first tour there, and I was like, "Oh, this is this is amazing!" Like climbing is like scrambling in the flat irons, but it's just like way more rad, and it's like just talking about it right now gets me psyched to start climbing again because I've been focusing so much on running, but. That's a, that's a whole other yeah. conversation, but yeah, it was just sort of like, it was like, Oh, you want to go climb? And then we, you know, just started forming a relationship from there, like hanging out, going, doing bigger missions. We share very similar mindsets uh, about moving in the mountains. Same as Joe, we all three have like similar mindsets and all each, I feel like bring a different little thing to the table or style. And I don't, I don't really even think I belong in the category with those guys. Cause it's like, <laughs> so I don't want you to think that I'm trying to like, you know be like oh it's like this you know this crew or whatever <laughs> it's you know it's just like just hanging out going climbing going running doing cool cool things in the mountains and then with yeah. joe i honestly don't even remember where we met i think we were just like wrong longs or something or yeah yeah i honestly can't remember but done a lot with both those guys and always always fun always cool to share share ideas and projects and yeah i could just go on about that but it was very natural very natural just like the way you make friends you have yeah. similar similar things in common and you just sort of go from there so for sure yeah and it, it feels like you're being somewhat <laughs> modest too and and i appreciate that it's like you're one of those guys that moves really fast in the mountains and yet you remain humble as well which is is pretty admirable and and i i think that's cool but i certainly think you belong in the same category <laughs> as them i mean they they've done a lot of ultra marathons and I mean, I don't think you've done as many ultra marathons as they have. Like they hit a lot of the big races, hard rock, Western States. They've been around for a long time, but as far as I feel like, I'm not sure. How old are you again? 24. Okay. So yeah, you're a little bit younger than them for sure, but it almost just feels like you're almost like the next generation of, of what, you know, the sport kind of, went from ultra marathon to, to moving fast in the mountains. And now it's just headed toward like towards this FKT, yeah. just like kind of a different thing, you know, like a lot of people just aren't doing the races anymore. I mean, one, because of COVID this year, but two people just are kind of 
shying away from that. Races are too expensive. They're too crowded. People just want to be in the mountains moving fast on their own. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. I hadn't really thought about it like that, especially with sort of the generation thing that you mentioned. And like when they were in the sport, that was definitely the thing was like, how many hundreds can you run? Like what's your, you know, that was like, if you wanted to race, you were going to run hundreds. Like there wasn't a huge scene. I mean, there was a 50 mile scene, but I, it wasn't like the, you know, going to run a hundred miles, like all the, you know, the hard rocks, the Western States, like that stuff is crazy to look back and it's still hyped a lot now, but maybe the way that I got into it was like, I was like, I'm not sure that's my thing. And I'm not going to just like jump into a hundred to find out like that's sometimes some people's style is like, oh, I'm just going to go do a hundred. Like I've never done a marathon, but I'm going to go do a hundred. And then I've always been like scared right. of doing that. And maybe I should just suck sure. it up and go run it, try to run a hundred. But uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like all that stuff has seemed so gnarly to me. And I've, I've dabbled a little bit in like the pushing 24 hours kind of thing. And it's like, that's a whole different game. And I guess those guys, you know, since mm-hmm. they're so focused on hundreds, you know, like there's, they're this like endurance phenoms like they can just go forever every time i'm with tony and joe i'm just like damn like they they just keep going like they the stoke doesn't die like it's just you know it's contagious but wow you know i sometimes i just can't hang like like just did this thing with joe and i was <laughs> like dude you are on another level like they're just good at moving like wow. forever and they have such a big base that it's like I actually don't belong in that category because the long stuff is hard. And um, so, yeah, so it's, it's cool to see that. And then we always go like run shorter, like quicker stuff. And like they, you know, I, I drop them. So not, not, I don't actually drop them, but okay. that was just sort of a little dig at them. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I guess the way kind of getting into the scene was, I always felt like maybe I was a little bit more competent at the shorter kind of hour to two hour kind of thing. That's always where kind of what I had time for and like what I knew. And I've like slowly been expanding upon, you know, the different distances and going longer and longer and longer. And I think eventually like, yeah, I'll maybe try doing a hundred miles or, you know, 48 hour kind of thing. And, uh, but yes, looking back at, at their generation kind of, where I'm at now and some of the guys that are my age, what are we psyched on doing? And yeah, the whole COVID no racing thing is, it'll be interesting to see where it goes because the FKT stuff is blowing up. But uh, I think people, you know, people still love to race and like a handful of the races that I have been following along with, like, seems like they're navigating the pandemic. I don't, I guess we'll see like, you know, if there's any drawback from that, but yeah, it's uh, I feel like the sports at a, it's it's at a turning point. Like it, you know, stuff is changing. A lot of the you know the rules and just how people act as, you know, a competitor. Like all that stuff is kind of changing. We're at this turning point. Like I feel like the earth is at this turning point, and all these things are happening. And so, it's kind of an exciting time to be where we are. But it's also you know it can be scary. There's a lot of change. So it's people are adapting, and it's cool to see this kind of all happening and you know like just appreciating what we can do and but yeah it's uh it's wild to look back and kind of see the trends and and try to predict like where things are going and oh yeah for sure yeah i know man it's it, like i just love when when someone pops up that i've 
never yeah. heard of before. And, and not you, but a couple other people I talked to recently, like Michaela Osler, who just set the, um, the unsupported uh, FKT on yeah. the Colorado awesome. Trail. Like, no offense to her, but I'd never heard that name before. I'm just so inspired yeah. when these people pop up and they just blow totally. these records away by big chunks of time and inspires me to get outside and no, i totally. just love it man i mean uh um, to sort of bring it a little bit back to the longs peak thing it's like um yeah just motivation from other people and like just having uh learning about you know different people's achievements but then using that as like fuel in a good way like that you're you're just so psyched and you're stoked that like you just want to go try and not coming at it from like mm-hmm. a position like, oh, I really need to take this person's record. Like I have to show my sponsors that I have a record. I think that's like a pretty toxic way to look at it. But yeah, it's a, it's yeah. so motivating to see all these things happening, especially with the, like the FKT surge. Um, it's, it's really inspiring. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that record on the CT, like I, yeah. I didn't know her either, but I was like looking at it and I was like, damn, this is so rad. Like I want to go do the CT sometime. Like, like at least just do yeah. every part of it. Yeah, like that's exactly. my, the state that I love, you know, that's like where the mountains I love. Like I want to go learn just more about Colorado. And that's, it's cool that when you look at different people's, you know, runs or achievements in Colorado, it like makes you want to go explore like where they did that or like just learn more about that place. Mm -hmm. And maybe there's a story that you didn't like a deeper story, a deeper meaning behind why someone did this. And it's cool to just, yeah, learn and absorb that stuff. Yes. I mean, you can explore this state for a lifetime and still never see it all, I think. I mean, you could just go on and on forever. The inspiration is yeah, everywhere. No, totally. Um, were you signed up for any races this year before COVID? Yeah, I was signed up for what I'd say is like a pretty healthy race racing season. I haven't dabbled a ton in racing, but this was definitely going to be like a bigger year for me. You know, I was signed up for a sky race in Canada. I was going to do some of like the Pikes Peak series, not, not Pikes itself, but like the Garden of the Gods, 10 miler. You know, I had that on my schedule, the Sky Race in Canada, big A race for the end of the season was going to be the Brut, Um, a handful of other little races scattered throughout there, but I was definitely going to race more and was going to stay local. Not really any big traveling plans for this year. Uh, But yeah, I was not really bummed when I heard about the races being canceled. Uh, I mean, obviously the pandemic, that's real bummer, but just get, it gave me, it gave everyone, I think a good opportunity to explore their home. I know that, you know, everyone was getting out in Boulder, like the trails were busier than ever. Like, you know, I had to just go mm-hmm. explore their backyard. And so I think having those times, it's like, that's good. Just learning your yard more intimately. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I felt the same way. Like, you know, the pandemic, of course, had its bummers and the whole thing was heartbreaking yeah. and tragic yeah. and still is. But as far as the racing thing goes, yeah, same here, man. It's like we live in Colorado. Like, what's to be yeah. sad about? You know, it's not like the whole state's locked down. We can still get outside every totally. day. So were you signed up um, for any races? Yeah. Or? Uh, not really this year. So um, we just started this company called Big Things Crewing where uh, we wanted to get out and start helping people. uh and we'd be crewing and pacing them at their ultra marathons. So this year I wasn't signed up for any races. We just wanted to go out and and start helping other people and and start 
um, kind of building this business. And so for that aspect, I guess it was kind of a bummer, but it kind of gave us a year to, you know, just dabble and get our feet wet and see where this whole thing is going just, uh, you know, as, as a year number one, just to try things out, I guess. So, um, it ended up working out as far as that goes. That's a great idea. um, I love that. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, and we don't really have a blueprint to follow because it really hasn't been done all that much before. So, um, but you know, we just want to get out and we want to help people, you know, like I said, I've been running ultras for years and I'm kind of getting up there in age. I'm kind of middle-aged now. And I'm just at a point where I've done most of the Colorado races and, uh, you know, as much as I had a blast as, as much as they were life changing, I'm just at a point where I'd like to get out and help other people and, and help change their lives in, in those seminal ways that it changed mine as well. Nice. That's so, awesome, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, man. So, um, let's see, where else should we go from here? Um, so I heard a rumor that you keep track of your number of summits, like one year you ran up green mountain 205 times. That's I mean, right. um, what a slacker there's 365 <laughs> yeah. days in the year, dude. Like, well, that's what I was wondering. I mean, 205 times in one year, is that what you were doing the other remaining days is just uh, doing the other stuff you normally want yeah, to be doing or what did that, that do? was definitely that like, I took a page out of, of Tony's book about that. And he did a hundred green summits in the first hundred days. And I was like, Oh, that'd be rad. Like I was just starting to run green. So I didn't know it that well, but it, you know, the backyard, it was the closest peak, you know, it's basically 3000 feet from kind of every, everywhere that I've lived in Boulder, you know, a couple of miles of pavement to get to mm-hmm. Chautauqua and then, you know, go up. Uh, so I did a hundred in the first hundred days. It was like actually a hundred in the first 98 or something. And then I was like, from there, I'm just going to oh, like, wow. during the summer, I'm not going to keep running green. Like I'm going to go run up longs or like run up in the Alpine. It's also just too hot downtown. So a lot of those days, like, I, it's not like I took 165 days off from running green. It's like, I was just doing other things. I was climbing. I was, you know, spending time up in the Alpine. So I'm not sure how many days those greens came in, but that that's as much as I was able to run in a year. And Tony did like, he put, he was pushing 300 or something in a year. So he, he did it a lot more than I did. Uh, and there's, you know, people that have done it over thousands of times. So, but yeah, keep, I feel like almost all my friends keep track of their summits and stuff. You think that's a weird thing or are you just, no, yeah. I don't think it's a weird thing. Actually, I mean, I, I think it's pretty cool. I was just wondering why it's important to you to keep the, the number of summits yeah. and like why you're jotting all those down. Is it just a mental thing so that when you're an old yeah. man on your deathbed, you can look back and <laughs> say that year I did this or yeah, like, what's it's behind cool it all? Look back and Strava sort of replaced a little bit of this, but I like, you know, I keep my own journal and I try to, sometimes I forget, but it, I try to keep track of what I do that day and like all the um the summits and stuff i've moved the summits to online just because it's so much easier to have it like in the cloud but i used to like do like tally marks when i first started which is like not a great way to do it because like like you don't want to count the tallies <laughs> so i was like i got to like 50 <laughs> right. and i was like i can't be tallying anymore like this is ridiculous like, let's, let's let's optimize this so, and then like my buddy cordis has like his spreadsheet where he just does like a little keyboard command and it's like oh new summit and i'm like I'm not quite that. I know some people would do that, but I just like, you know, just keep the number. Um, 
yeah, just it's fun to look back and it's cool to like, oh, like on the hundredth green, like I did this, like there's some little moments where like, oh, the trail was perfectly packed out this winter day, like, and I had such a fun descent or like there was three feet on the hill and it like, it sucked. It took two hours to get up, you know, like those little things that like, that's not a lot of information, but I don't know. I think it's cool to like look back on that and maybe there's a photo with it. It's just cool to remember mm -hmm. that. And I don't keep track of like no. everything, but you know, 14ers, 13ers, um, like flat irons, climbs and peaks. Uh, but yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, yeah, no, I think journaling is, yeah. is super cool. And it's something I've always kind of dabbled with here and there. And it's like, when I go back and read that old stuff, I can, it takes me back to that day and I can remember, you know, more specifics than I necessarily wrote down, but so is that something you still keep up with? Are you still like journaling just a, a few notes about yeah, every day? I mean, I, I'm not perfect. I definitely forget, but I, you know, a little like system sure. and just kind of like keep it short and brief, but sometimes, you know, I like to write a little bit longer, but just kind of how, you know, the day went or the, the training or whatever I did kind of like up, oh, up, up Long's peak. Like this is the 15th time this year perfect conditions and wow. that's kind of like that's all right and then just you know leave for the next day sure but uh yeah i've kind of on and like on and off my entire life i've sort of kept a journal so it's cool to see go back and look at those um but like within the last five years i've tried to be pretty consistent with it okay yeah i think it's cool man um so yeah i know you're not really uh a newcomer to the FKT world. You've set a few of them before. Um, in, uh, I think it was last year you did the LA freeway, right? Uh, that was two years ago. Two years ago. Okay. Um, what was your first FKT? Do you remember offhand? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was like kind of a random one. I think it was the grand slam in winter, which longs with, okay. with, I did that with Joe. I mean, there really, no one had done it in winter before. So it was like a, basically we just finish it and get an FKT. Which is like not why you. Uh, that's it's not like why you okay. go do it. It was just sort of like, oh, I'm gonna put this into the system. I'm like good friends with Buzz and Peter and Jeff, the guys that like sort of do all the work at FKT. And I was like, oh, let's just add this route, and then that way, people can see the history. And then if anyone else wants to go do it, they see the GPS. You know, they see all the beta. Uh, but it wasn't like yeah. we just wanted to go do it because it's a cool route, and it's actually on on a very good winter day it's not like miserable it's 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 really doable because you have those winter days where there's really not that much snow up there because it's so windy and so you actually find like dry conditions and you that route you can almost get away with like just micro spikes or something uh so i think sure. that record now that's the that that's the satellite peaks around yeah longs, the grand slam correct? is tagging longs but then all of its buttresses so Oh, it does include so longs as well. I've done it a couple of different ways, uh, but you you have to tag longs. Well, you have to tag all of them, but longs obviously the the one there in the middle, and then Mount Lady Washington, Storm Peak, Pagoda, and Mount Meeker. Um, Meeker is a, like a centennial okay. peak, so a lot of people do that one too. Um, and basically, okay. the cool thing about this route is, as you go through the order of the peaks, you basically get this 360 degree view of longs and the views from those satellite peaks looking at longs are way more rad than the view from the summit of longs. Like you've been up there it, and it's cool. Don't get me wrong, but it's just kind of flat and like 
a football field. But when you're other peaks, yep, like exactly. you're like, oh, there's the diamond. Like, like the west face looks so sick, and like, you know, those different vantages are like why I think that you should go do the route. Not, and it, it's a cool route too. Okay. But that's kind of the views are amazing. Dude, that's all I need to hear. I, I just want to get out there like right now. I'm just like, that's it, man. Calling. I got to get, you out get there. up there. You got to go do it. Good. That's so cool. That's so cool. Isn't that funny how that's all you have to hear from somebody is just like, oh, you know, it's just a new view of longs and you got to get out there. You got to see it. And I'm just like, bam, I got to get out there, man. That sounds My one little addition you know? to this would be I would take uh, – I'd either descend or go up uh, through the Iron Gates on Mount Meeker, the ridge leading up to Mount Meeker. Maybe you've done it, but that ridge is spectacular and, you know – it's probably one of the underrated ridges in all of Colorado. It's the drop off mm-hmm. on your right side as you go up is insane. And then you see the diamond too. And it's like the most rad ridge and you can like make it as exciting uh-huh. as you want by like staying right on the, the ridge or kind of dropping off to like the East side, which is just kind of like Talus. So I would definitely cool. recommend that. Cool. I definitely will, man. That's awesome. Um, do you have, what's your most special FKT? Do you have one that stands out as the most memorable? Not necessarily because you got an FKT, but just because of, of what it is and the history. Honestly, probably the, the long is just recent now. That's probably the one that most me. Really? Yeah. I mean, LA freeway yep. is cool, yep. but I, I feel like this longs time. I don't, I don't know how long it will stand, but I, I'm much more, I'm proud of both of them. It's hard to compare, but because they're very different efforts. One's like two hours and one's 17 hours. But um, yeah, just the, the history about just longs itself um, and the people that have done it before me and sort of all the adventures that people have up there definitely make that one stand out. And then the LA freeway I look back on as more of like, oh, like, all your hard work and practice in terms of like knowing the route really well. I mean, that was important for just the car to car thing I did, but like the, the LA freeway is a much meatier mm-hmm. line in terms of there's a lot more technical aspects to it. And so you really have to know it. Like a lot of people could go run a fast time up longs without really knowing it that well. I think knowing it that extra little bit is what pushes you over the edge and goes and you go really fast. Whereas the LA freeway is like, it's such more complex and complicated and long that it's, it just took a lot more time to focus on. So I look back on it and for that kind of process of, of really l- learning my backyard and longs, I like look back more on for the historical significance, kind of those individual laps that I've done, how heinous it's been. Some of the times I've been up there, like having the doubt about it and then going to do it. So it, there's these little things that for each of those, I have like something that stands out in my mind, but then among you know, thousands of things that I've done. Like there's also the, all those missions where you didn't go fast. Like you, maybe you didn't even feel that good, but it was just kind of spectacular. And you came back and you're like, wow, that was really fun. And a lot of those times don't come from like groundbreaking, you know, outings. They come just from the standard, mm-hmm. standard mission, standard backdoor, like going up green. Like you maybe you just have an epiphany. You learn something. You like, you see something that you've never seen before. And those moments when you combine all of those, I feel like it allows you to have these like little pinnacles in a career to really like, oh, like latch onto. But it you have to look back on that process. You have to have the development and be okay with kind of all that 
I think in order to have like these really highlighted moments, but you never want to forget those like little, those little outings that you did, those little times where you learned something like, or you met someone new and it was just kind of the most ordinary thing, but you know, it just stays with you. And I feel like, like kind of worshiping those two and not forgetting that it's not just about the, the highs of the FKTs or having the records. It's all those other times where you were just like, man, it's so hot out. It's smoky. Like, I don't want to go for a run or like, I don't know. We all have those stories where we just, we push through and it ends up being a really cool experience. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's beautifully said. And I think uh, really important too. You got to stop and smell the flowers once in a while. You're not always going to be going at a neck breaking speed. Um, So, I mean, something like the LA freeway, I'm assuming that that took a lot of scouting before you actually went for that fastest known time. And, um, so did longs take as much scouting? I mean, like you said, the route up and down is pretty straightforward. Once you've done it once, you yeah. pretty much know it. Um, was there a lot of training specifically out at longs before you did, before you actually went for your fast FKT and um, how long had you been planning the FKT or were you planning it at all? Or what does that yeah, look great like? Great question. Um, well, I'll just touch on the LA freeway part. That took a lot of scouting just because, there's a lot of intricate, complex sections that, that are, you know, mid-fifth class terrain. And so you really have to know those. So it'd be hard to embark upon doing that fast without really knowing it. People have on-sided it, but I think that's obviously going to slow you down if you're having to think about where to go. So that took a lot of uh, kind of bit more big preparation where it's like doing longer runs, longer outings. Like it's just sort of a little bit more taxing in terms of the endurance realm. So that took like four years. And I guess you could say that I've been training for this shorter longs record, you know, my whole life or ever since I've been mountain running, but more focused, like this is kind of a goal of mine. It's on my list is just this past year. Now, like just knowing the LA freeway, you got to know your way up long. So you sort of like check that box. Um, And when you know it, you Mm -hmm. sort of know it, but then to really like know it, it takes a lot of practice and, for some reason, I feel like I kind of got lucky and just ran a fast time because I know it well, but like I, I haven't run it over a hundred times and like people have done it a lot more than me. I just feel like I really paid attention to like what I was doing. Um, so yeah, the the longs, the fast record on longs has just been a like a really prominent goal of mine this recent summer, but it's always been something in the back of my mind since I started going up longs. But I didn't. I never put too much thought to it because it's sort of like the the time was absurd. Like I just completely ruled it out. I was like, I'll never be able to do that. Like legit, I never thought that I would be to the point where I could even think about going to do. Well, I I always thought about going, like trying to do a time trial. But that was just like for your own sake. Like, what's my PR? Like we all loved like, oh, let's just go see how fast I can do this. I never took record seriously just because it was like, I mean just so out there and just knowing Andy and knowing how great of a runner he was, I was like, there's no chance. And, and so it's only this past summer where I was like, well, I'll just think about it. And I was like, either way I'll set, I'll like set a PR. Like that was my biggest thing was like, you should just go try to run fast and you can set a benchmark for yourself. Like you don't need to go like get the record, you know, you'll, you need to do this 150 times before you set the record. Like that's what it's going to take. Like that's what Andy did. That's what, Reveley did like they went up it so many times that they had no choice but to go fast you know and I didn't really like (laughs) 
really put it together until kind of later this summer. So it's kind of always been this loose thing. But I'm sure if you talk to like my girlfriend or my close friends, they'd be like, nah, Kyle was like focusing on that heavily. <laughs> and maybe like looking back, I was doing key things sort of just naturally that led me to where I'm at now. But it just seems so out there that it was hard to take the goal seriously. Like sometimes you just think of that and you're just like, wow, that is so silly. But it's like cool to chase that. And I think that really pushes you. And it doesn't always like you know, I've there's plenty of times where I've tried to do something and thought maybe that could get the record and I haven't. So I've definitely dealt with failure. So but you don't know until you try. And so you have to put yourself out there. And that's like that's really scary. And if you have that support system, you you kind of commit to it. And then everyone's like, we got your back. Like if you do it, amazing. If you don't do it, it's still cool because you put yourself out there and tried. So you know, I think everyone should just get these big lofty goals and just go for it. Dude, that's it right there. Um, so, so setting out on, on this particular day, this was two days ago. You yeah, set this my record, quads right? Are not feeling great. <laughs> really? Just like okay. Downhill. I mean, it feels like it was longer than two days ago, but just kind of for a random reason. I don't really know why, but yeah, the legs definitely haven't haven't well good i'm I'm glad you're at least a little bit human kyle (laughs) yeah so the beginning of this day you were heading up there just thinking uh, you know maybe fkt but even if not then i'm i'm going for a pr right like on tuesday i went up there and i was like all right friday like there's no more time like i'm going for it like like going for it in my head is like i'm gonna try to give my best shot whether that's a PR and FKT, sure. like it's just going to be a surprise and that's going to be exciting. So you're like, I don't know what time I'm going to run. Like, and, and that's cool. But I was like, I know whatever time I run will be a PR just cause I haven't really ever tried that hard. Like really. Focused, okay. That's what really I was going to ask. I was going to ask what your previous PR so before was. Was like an hour and 24 up. And then uh, I did a 44 minute descent those were separate outings, not like a real, I, I hadn't like time trialed, like proper focused on the peak pretty much ever. Yep. Um, but I'd be like, Oh, I'll run this scent kind of like up tempo. Like it's easier to recover from the, from just going up hard versus like, Oh, I'm going to take this downhill hard. It's like, you're going to feel that for a couple of days after. So I'd kind of just like mm-hmm. out of the 15 times I've went up this year, I've sort of, Oh, I'm going to kind of practice this section a little quicker and see what my time is to the top. I'm not, I'm then I'm going to chill on the descent and explore like a different side of the mountain. I'm not going to just do the cables up and down every time. Um, so my times were, they were pretty, pretty quick, but I was like, I know that if I just don't stop on the summit and take a photo or something or like take a photo anywhere, like mm-hmm. I'll have a PR. So, you know, so in that kind of context, I'm like, I don't really know what I'm capable of, but I know that it's going to be exciting because you'll just get to see like what you can do. And then once you have that benchmark, then it's like, okay, this game, it's like, let's go, let's see um, how fast you can go. And I have that kind of game going on with like different mountains and stuff. So it's cool to like have it be a little different with longs where I never feel like I really gave it my best honest shot. Say it's something like the green, a green Mm -hmm. mountain or like the first flat iron, you know, I've practiced those things a lot and I've done those uh, like, Oh, like I'm just going to try to go fast. And so longs is just a bigger endeavor. So it's really hard to like, just do it a ton. Like it's not, a, not like running up green yeah. or something. So 
Um, I'm not sure if that answered all the questions of like all the the parts of your question, but um, yeah, that's kind of my previous previous times, and I definitely set. Fr- I was like Friday, you, you know, like no excuses, like you're going for it, like you're gonna wake up and you're gonna like go try to do it. No, like oh, I'm gonna wait for a better weather day. I'm like the what? If it's windy, it's gonna be windy, and like I've been up there where it's impossible to run because the wind is so strong. So I'm like, if that's the day, that's the day. Like. You can't wait for the perfect day. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's just a mind blowing <laughs> time, man. I mean, under two hours, it's just, it's hard yeah. to even comprehend. And for anybody listening, who's never been up there before, I mean, it's pretty technical in some sections too. I mean, technical in the sense that there's a lot of boulder hopping. There's a lot of opportunity to twist an ankle or break an ankle out there. And then there's technical climbing on top of it as well. Technical yeah. down climbing as well. So, I mean, there's, it's not just like a green mountain where it's just a trail to the top where you, you can just totally. jog the whole thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the pretty trail good. is like the descent is by far the most dangerous part. Like obviously you don't want to fall going up or down, like down climbing the little bit of fifth class or like going up, you're not going to hopefully fall on your face. You know, shit can happen, but the downhill is where mm-hmm. shit can get real. If you catch a toe in some of those spots, like it's it's game over because you might actually have broken a bone or it's like game over your your attempt is like no longer going to happen because you have to hobble down the trail or you're like there's so many branches like that just want to poke your eyes out like i felt twice going down actually (laughs) um friday okay once at a section where i was like side hilling uh and it's pretty loose but it's a really efficient way to get down and i just like barrel rolled like complete flip um down in the sand and like i kind of landed back on my feet sort of so i was like oh that you know that's fine andy was like if you're not actually falling falling down the mountain this is andy anderson the guy that had the record before me uh yeah big big shout out to andy he's a huge inspiration and a really really great mountain runner and has put down some incredible times on a lot of the country's best peaks am i and so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's been fun to chat with him. But he recently told me, he was like, yeah, honestly, I felt like when I was falling on the way down, that's when I was running my fastest times. And it, it, it's pretty true. Like, you're like, oh, I just felt like I certainly lost like 20 seconds or something. But really, you're just going so fast that like, that's going to happen sometimes. Like, yeah, I've had clean descents. But so I, I flipped kind of there on the above tree line and kind of like banging my quad, but like you, the adrenaline's pumping so hard that you don't even stop. And then coming back to the trees, mm-hmm. I caught a toe and full on like Superman slide, like hand slide through the dirt, like uh-huh. slide style down the trail <laughs> and like land on my chest. And thank God there are no like other obstacles. Cause like that is the worst kind of thing you can happen. There are like so many moments where that would just completely destroy you. And for some reason it happens in like the one like low me, like pine needle part of the trail that happens. And I just like, keep going. Like, you know, I mean, you just keep going. And uh, so, yeah. but it's just funny to like, like you fell twice. Like what was going on? <laughs> like, but oh. so focused. Dude, like, you don't even, it doesn't even phase you. Like, I'm sure you've had those moments running where like, something something happens maybe you didn't fall or something and you're just like so focused that it's like you're in your own little zone and nothing can change like what's happening you're just you're just on this course and you're just going with it like that's that's such a feeling yeah it is a great feeling i mean you're just 100 percent in the flow 
And then, yeah, you just take that fall like it's nothing. You just get back up and you almost laugh at it and you keep on running. It's just yeah. part of the adventure. And it's, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's, a, it's like a yeah. special moment. But, I mean, you're going so fast on this thing that you're, like, surrendering all control. Like, you're almost running out of control, right? Yeah, I mean, the, the both times I fell, I definitely was, like, out of control, clearly, because I, I, like, you know, didn't stay upright. But it it doesn't actually feel that quick in the moment uh maybe it's because you find that zone where your footwork is so precise it almost feels like you're predicting like the footstep that's coming up and this can happen like at different speeds it's like just when you feel you're feeling good like you almost predict the downhill or like you know it so well that you just like are so in it that you just remember where where to put your feet or like almost like your stride is like in the perfect spot. You know, I feel like I really hit that through the boulder filter. I was just like, damn, like every step is just like on this little circle of grass and it's just like in a field of boulders, but somehow you're landing on the grass and that's helping quicker. Um, and it's, it's literally never like that. Almost all the times I go down, lines, right. it's so bumbly. It's the worst. You're like, damn, I just want to be back at the car. I can't run. I'm walking. Like it's so loose. Like, but when you're when you actually try you're like oh like i can do this but it's just cool to like yeah. have it click especially on the descent because uh, andy andy actually has done an hour and 14 up which is still like the quickest time up longs that's ever that's known to people so um and that set him up for a blazing time but i think where i like really had to shine in this on, on friday is the descent and uh everything just clicked and so like yeah i was right on the edge of out of control but in control except for the two times that i fell because those were out of control <laughs> so you so you got to the top looked at your watch knew you didn't have the fkt for the ascent and knew it was time to haul ass down if you wanted to totally do this. and it, it head i was more yeah. just like run down as quick as you can like don't worry about the record just You've never run down from the top of this, from the summit to the top of the cables. Like I always walk that just because it's really loose. You don't want to kick anything off down mm -hmm. the diamond. You don't want to kick anything down the the cables. Um, and so I always just walk. But I was like, I just know the fact that I'm going to run this. I'm just going to get like free time there. Like that's time that I have off my my latest PR, which was 44 minutes. And I was like, just run as fast as you can. That's all you can do. You can't overanalyze. Don't do math in your head. Like you're hypoxic. Like there's just no way you're going to do any math. So don't look at your watch either because you'll fall. And so I was just like, I'm going to run as well as I know how to run. And it just so happened that like, I really surprised myself. And despite falling twice, I just, I was in it. Like I just hit that flow state and it was just everything clicked on that descent. And I felt amazing. Like one of the best moments i've had in running for sure that's the, the, the that that sense a huge highlight of mine wow unbelievable man i mean the stars aligned and it sounds like it was just meant to happen that way the way you're hitting every yeah. little patch of grass <laughs> dude i've never even seen any grass up there so you must have been on yeah, in a special place it's, it's pretty amazing that's where like learning it a little bit more intimately comes into play there's there's some things that you can use on longs to play to your advantage outside of what's like directly visible but um yeah the, you kind of mentioned something that made me think of the like it ended up being the perfect day like i was earlier i was like don't wait for the perfect day so i was like okay i'll go friday and it just so happens that friday was actually a perfect day uh, in terms of performance i think for me but also in terms of 
the weather was perfect. The conditions on the mountain were perfect. There was not a lot of people on the mountain. The, you know, all those things also, if those things can go well too, like you're just setting yourself up for success. And those feel like you're kind of rolling the dice for because that's kind of not in your uh, realm of, of something that you can uh, can control. But it just so happened that, like you said, yeah, the stars aligned. And those things were in my favor. Like it had rained the night before, so it was a little tacky. So that helped with the descent. That also helped when I fell the second time that I like slid down the dirt instead of like bounce off the dirt and like hit a tree or something. You know, like um, there was no wind. So when yeah. you get to the boulder field, like the wind's not blowing you over. So you can kind of dig in and run and it's not too hot. It's not smoky. You know, all those things, all those things in my head were like giving me doubt about it. But when I showed up and was just vulnerable and honest about it, it actually seemed like all those things were perfect, which is wild because it doesn't always go like that. Most of the time it doesn't go like that. So, yeah. Sure. The gods smiled on you that day. I mean, you <laughs> earned it, man. You spent a lot of time going up and down, not only longs, but I mean, you, yeah. you've earned it, man. And uh, I think it's, yeah, it. it's pretty awesome. Um, what inspires you nowadays? Like what inspire? where does your inspiration come from to get outside every day? Like you do a big effort like this the next day after something like that, I would tell myself, man, I earned a day just watching Netflix yeah. sitting on the couch, but you went out yeah, for a yeah. bike ride. So where does that inspiration come from? It just comes back to like sort of my foundation with what motivates me to run. And it's, it's like running is a practice. It's, it's an art. You know, I, I relate this to sort of my music career, but it's, it's much more than just the numbers on your watch and like the results of that day, like the GPR or whatnot. It's, it's about the daily practice. It's about learning how to move your body. It's, you know, it's appreciating that you can move your body. It's all these things wrapped up that make it sort of kind of this art where it's, you're not thinking it so much from sort of a, a, a competitor background or like sort of overanalyzing what's going on. It's really being present, being in the moment, appreciating the landscape that you're in and just, yeah, just being out there and feeling, feeling the environment and feeling like how you're moving through that. And really appreciating yeah like just looking at nature just being out in it like that is so cool and that's definitely what motivates me to get outside is just to explore to be vulnerable to see new things to just yeah be outside and like I think a lot of people can connect with that because it's it gives you a certain feeling you you like sometimes you set these little goals for yourself and you test yourself and you reward yourself and you set challenges. And it's like all these things make it much more than maybe what you see on Strava. And it's cool that if you have that foundation for the love of going to do it, it's a, it's a lifetime thing. Like maybe I won't be running my whole life, but I'll be doing something outside in some, some way or form because that's what makes me feel alive and just appreciating the the landscape and how cool our world is like there's so many different places to go run or just di different things in in nature and it's cool to you know really latch on to that and so when you have those down moments or when you don't have a goal or you like you're lacking inspiration you just walk outside you like look at the flat irons you you see a friend run by you know it's like if you see anything and i think from that background i'm able to kind of keep fueling and keep being stoked on things. I think if I, and I see a couple of people 
or just sort of a trend where it's like you're so wrapped up in the records and um doing well or trying to define what well is or pleasing sponsors and it's like you you kind of question why you're in it or like it's all arbitrary anyway like there's literally like did that like i went up longs quick like it's cool people think that that's rad i think it's rad but at the end of the day it is pretty arbitrary you like to attach yeah you know different things but i think there's like a core group of people and a community that just really loves just doing it for the love of it you know just because it makes you feel good like it's fun it's no andy says like oh i just go up long because it's fun and like he's right that's when you distill it it's so much it's so much fun uh, mm-hmm. but if you're if you're trying to like go for the yeah. record every day like you're just gonna burn out there's no fun in that like uh, for sure yep well said 100 percent so it sounds like you're a very disciplined person, um, more, more so than inspired, maybe. Um, is discipline uh, a big part of your life? And it, did that come from uh, your music? Totally. That's a yeah, great question. Um, the discipline stuff definitely came from from music and just practicing in order to just like running in order to become a better musician. Like the, you just kind of have to practice. You have to sit down at the drum kit or at the piano or at, you know, with your saxophone and you have to just, you just have to play. And the people that play the most are are usually the best, like at least in music, there's some, you know, naturally gifted people, but the really dedicated disciplined musicians that behind the scenes, they're doing all this extra work, all this extra practice. Like they're, they're some of the best out there. And I think you have to be disciplined. And I think music teaches you that because you can't, you can't really fake it. Like running, I think sometimes you can get lucky. Mm-hmm. You have a really good day or like, I don't know, stars align. But with music, you're not going to just sit down at the piano and randomly start shredding or something. Like um, That's true. Yeah. Like running, I'm sure you can get to a certain point probably within a year where the untrained person can look at you and say, wow, that's yeah. a good runner. But yeah, you're right. You can't get yeah, totally. music. No, it's just, it adds also this sort of element of when you when you throw in like music theory and really knowing like why that sounds the way it sounds and really using some deeper listening skills you start to incorporate all these different facets from your life and apply it to an instrument and it kind of it becomes this you know all-encompassing thing and so once you you kind of have that foundation or at least I felt like I was trying to trying to develop that still developing it um I sort of apply that to running and you kind of like in order to become a good runner at least for endurance or learning how to move over technical terrain you kind of have to go out there and do it like you just need to practice and a lot of people aren't willing to put in the time to practice they just want to go you know go up longs and it's like well maybe you try going up one of the easier 14ers if you've never practiced what it means to move over like class two class three class four terrain I mean, some people, yeah, they go up and they have a good time. But if you really want to ride that path of growth, like you can think about it really logically and, you know, you need a you need a tool set. And so there are certain skills that just take time to learn, just like music. So there's definitely a lot of parallels. And I kind of talk about that a little bit. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense, man. So is music uh, um, kind of a lifelong mission as well as, as running is for you? I mean, um, it sounds like you've been playing music for a while and, it, and 
you it doesn't sound like you've let up on that as your running has uh, progressed. Yeah, it's my uh, musical career has definitely taken its turns in terms of what I'm focused on. So in college, I was performing a lot more. I actually was playing with a couple bands. You know, it was a little bit more outward facing. Like I had to do certain things just to like get through school. So which made it so where I had I was having to perform a lot in front of people. Um, but nowadays, I don't really perform mm-hmm. that much. Not that I don't like to. It's just balancing that with with running is a little bit more challenging just because a lot of the times the gigs are later in the day or they're at night and, you know, I want to get up early and run. So more recently, I've been focusing on scoring films and producing my own music and, yeah, going down that mm-hmm. avenue. And I, I dabbled in that in college, but I've been pursuing that more recently. Um but still, uh, still play, still practice, still lifelong lover of music. Like just love listening to music too and learning about different genres of music and trying to stay up with the latest trends in music. And yeah, so. Sure, man. So you said you played uh, percussion and drums. Are you, um, I don't know what the word is. I'm trying to sound sophisticated, like poly instrumental, or do you play more than one instrument? Uh, I don't know if it's really considered in the family of percussion. If that, I know the term that you're you're using. Um, I can play a little bit of piano, but I'm not like well versed in pretty much any other like any other brass or wind instrument. Um, I can work my way around on a piano just because sort of have to do that for scoring films, but my wheelhouse is definitely in yeah. percussion and more like uh, drums. So you have like mallet yeah. percussion, which is sort of the, the, the marimba vibraphone, like these different instruments that are, have keys and, you know, have notes similar to like, the way that the piano is organized. And then you have sort of the more of the rhythmic family of percussion, which is all the drummed instruments. So I studied a lot of, a lot of jazz, but then also like Latin music. So hand drumming, music from Cuba, Brazil, uh, specialized in a lot of that music, um, as well as kind of doing, you kind of have to be able to do everything, especially when you're performing um, well, for sure. versed in sort of all the, all the instruments, at least a little bit. So if you're scoring a film, is it, are you playing all the instruments or are you just providing like the drum track and then someone else takes over from um, there? I've done it a couple of different ways. So it, there's a lot of different sort of permutations of this. Uh, but some of the bigger projects, yes, I'm like scoring the whole thing and maybe I'm pulling samples for, for some aspects of the score, but I'm yeah using the piano, uh, kind of doing the full bit there. But then also sometimes people like provide the audio and I'm working more as an engineer with the, with the audio mix and mastering and doing that side of things. So, scoring but then also yeah you know i've mastered podcasts and video you know all the, basically everything in media i've sort of dabbled in but what's the most fun for me is yeah doing scoring scoring for films and sitting down at my keyboard and kind of working through that and so i've been fortunate to work with some pretty cool brands and and filmmakers to create some cool cool stuff and if anyone wants to check out that stuff it's on my website um just a little music music tab but then some cool stuff with with uh thomas woodson and my roommate brendan davis uh 
stuff for like Merrill, actually some stuff for Black Diamond and BD and some other other stuff. So okay. starting to get that get into that a little bit more. I really like to be, you know, creatively challenged and uh, kind of be pushed in the musical side as well as, you know, the outdoor stuff. I think it's nice to have a balance of something and not have all your eggs in one basket in terms of an athletic career. Um, I think that's super tough. Uh, so having these other passions, I think, will only elevate your uh, athletic career. Do you need to be pushed? Like, do you need a, a goal at, at down the line, or something to work towards, or not really? Jeez, uh, that's tough. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's nice to have goals. I think especially if you have them in categories where it's like the year, five year, 10 year, like where do I want to be down the line? I think having those like bigger picture things help motivate me daily, but I'm not like huge on setting like really concrete goals in terms of like, I guess longs is a little bit of an exception, but I like to leave it a little bit more open because it's really tough to predict how mm -hmm. the body is going to feel. I don't know. Just kind of like, goal instead of the goal being go set the longs peak fkt this summer which is what one could, person could write it could be go explore longs and try to learn the place more intimately and maybe that will lead you to wanting to go fast and set a record but if it's so like focused it's almost mm -hmm. tough to to see how you will even get there there's no process so well i think it is good to like set these key things i think having a open mind bigger picture about what it is that you want to do or like what kind of runner it is you want to be like i want to focus on 100 miles so like these are some cool these are some steps i need to take along the way versus like oh i need to go win hard rock like that's that's not a realistic goal like right there's heroes and icons that maybe have done that but it, for you know just everyone in general i think it's good to set kind of push yourself but don't don't be too hard on yourself and just kind of look at it look at it as a process and not be too wrapped up in the end goal because if you're if you're wrapped up in the end goal that's just gonna like taunt you the whole time like it's just gonna be lurking over your head you know it's gonna give you probably anxiety and stress about it whereas if you were just open with mm -hmm. yourself about what could happen it draws back to what I said earlier about the art and the love for it. Cause you'll be so psyched just to get above tree line and see the diamond that like, that will get you up the peak. And then you can go from there. Like that is what you, you know, want to do is you want to see like with your own eyes, what it means to be out there. And yeah, like if you're feeling good that day, like go run hard or like set these little goals, but like keep coming back to that. Like that first time you saw the, the Alpen glow on a peak or the first time you were on the summit and you felt like how out there you felt, you know, like all those mixed feelings, like, like hold on to those. Don't, don't lose those moments. Ooh, that's beautiful. Yeah, you gotta yeah. stay present, man. I mean, staying present is like 80% of, of everything. So that's huge right there, man. You're, you're a Renaissance <laughs> man, Kyle. It's tough to like, because you want to romanticize what it means to be like out running in the mountains. And it's like, there's some days where it's just like, man, that's what it is. Like that is no joke like that. I'm like describing you how it means, but then there's other days where you're like, Oh, this is I'm working like not working as in I have a job. Sure. It's not a job, but it's like, I'm, I'm having to push myself. And, and so when you 
end up seeing the full spectrum of what it like this is my lowest low and this is my highest high and i have everything in between to work with that's it you just get excited you're jazzed up about just getting outside and if that means today i'm just going around the neighborhood for a jog like i'm gonna breathe some fresh air in. i'm probably gonna see something i've never seen before and then that's gonna get me ready to go up you know a peak tomorrow or something like i gotta take an easy day to go do a hard day or maybe i'm gonna try to do two hard days back to back you know it's there's all these things that i don't know some people i feel like some people kind of glaze over but i sort of obsess about that kind of stuff is like i get so amped about just getting out there when i see something cool that someone did i'm like oh like i can't wait i'm gonna go up there tonight like (laughs) so i get it's contagious, man. That inspiration's yeah. contagious, yeah. and I love it. Uh, just sitting here listening to you, yeah. I'm getting fired yeah. up, and and I know there's a lot of other FKTs that have been happening lately. Uh, I'm talking with your your buddy and, and my buddy oh, Cordis sick. tomorrow, a FKT on uh, um, the LA freeway, and I know uh, Anton just set an FKT with the Longs yeah. Duathlon, which is just another one that blows my mind. I, I've done the Duathlon a few times, but dude, like. <laughs> <laughs> he is, you know, several hours under yeah. what my time is. So it just blows me away what some of you guys are doing. And it's just so the inspiration. Just yeah, never people stops, are doing man. Summer. I feel like that's exciting. Everyone's like got the things that they want to go do. And it's cool to see kind of everyone having a good time, being in a good, good state, getting everyone else psyched. Like it's, that's what's cool about the community really is just, endless amounts of stoke and inspiration like everyone is you know an overstoker it's just like it gets you so like to like <laughs> it's it's amazing um that's like part of the re- like sure. despite boulder's drawbacks and some of the the stuff that we don't like about boulder like there's so many cool things about it that make it a good place to call home base um yes so, yeah yep. i hear you man 100 percent do you have any other interests besides, um, you know, music and, and moving fast in the mountains or does that take up uh, most of your time? I mean, I like to do, I don't know. I like to read. Um, uh, what are you reading? Right now I'm reading, uh, what's it called? Um, the overstory. Uh, um, okay. it, it's mostly you know so far. I just started it, but it's, it's coming back to this metaphor. Um, I'm going to actually grab about like trees and like sort of the network of what, it, what that means and the energy in, in trees and stuff. Um, oh, cool. But then I, I also like, like to, I was talking to, what's Kurt. that? No, Sorry, go ahead. Say, uh, no, go ahead. I also just like to read more casual stuff like Alpinist and climbing magazine and rock and like stuff that uh, I really like climbing literature that that's kind of, I don't really read that much about running. I, I think running, reading about running isn't actually doesn't actually excite me that much. But there's something about climbing and the history of climbing and reading about the adventures yep. that people have in the mountains. That's like what gets me stoked to go have my own adventures. Um, so yeah, I like to read. I like to drink coffee. Um, <laughs> just kind of like hang out with friends, you know. I like to do a lot. Of, yeah, I have perfect. a lot of passions, but the music and running thing is definitely the two. Like, those take up a lot of my time. But then, yeah, kind of try to. Do you read more nonfiction than fiction? Uh, I would say I probably read 
I kind of leave the climbing stuff in its own category, but I I read more uh, fiction. I don't know. I just like a good okay. story being, you know, transported into someone else's life. And like, maybe it's, it's not even realistic that this story is happening. You know, it could be about anything. I really find fiction to be. For sure. No, hundred percent. I'm with you. I'm a huge fan of fiction. Um, what are a couple of your favorite fiction authors? I'm um, curious. One of my favorites is, uh, I think I'm saying his name right, is Michael Chabon or Chabon. He, uh, yeah, okay. He's really into music, specifically jazz. So he uses a lot of uh, like music references in his in his writing. And so my favorite yeah. book from him is probably Telegraph Avenue. And it's it's about two guys that own a record store, but um, a lot of music references. Um he has a couple other really good books too, um, but he's sort of been my favorite recently, and I've been trying to read all of his all of his work. Um, I also like learning about like Native American history, so um, I kind of dabble in that. And but most of it's um, most of it's fiction, just because I kind of like waking up, reading a little bit of of a, of a book, and then going for a run or something, and just kind of like starting the day like that's it's great, especially when you're really hooked onto a book. It's just a start a day. Mm-hmm. But then, I don't know, in the evening, I kind of like, it's just a little easier on the mind to read something more playful or like, you know, climbing or just a magazine. Or I really like uh, High Country News. I Like, that's one of my favorite magazines. And I feel like they yeah. curate such a good collection of stories. And it's always so, like, relevant. And I think that's a great um like piece to read and so yeah that's kind of kind of what i like to read it kind of varies but yeah mostly fiction for sure I- killer i'm curious have you ever read anything by uh the japanese author Hiro- hirokami uh yeah yeah uh what's his uh, how do you say his last name um yeah hirokai or Har- i don't even know but um I'm just blanking on his name right now. Or, I've read like probably oh, half a dozen of his books. Yeah, I've read a little bit, I think. Murakami, yeah, Murakami is that yeah, it? Yeah. Murakami, yeah. Um, he, I, he's a big uh, uh, jazz fan as well with a lot of music uh, influence and, and mentions in his totally. books. Totally. I think uh, the one that I've read, I'm just looking at my bookshelf, is like what I talk about. Haruki Murakami, yeah, that's yeah, what it is. What I talk about when I talk about running. Running, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good one. That's one of the rare running books that's like, obviously it's a lot more than just running, but. Um, You're right. It's a little bit different, but it's it's one that you can kind of stomach without uh, it just being the same yeah. old running book. Yeah. Well, that's cool, man. Um, so do you have a big list of things that you still want to do as far as uh, you're, you're um, you know, you're an all around mountain athlete. So not only are you running, you're climbing, you're biking, do you still have a big list of things that you want to do eventually? Oh yeah. That list is endless and I will get through that list really? in my lifetime, but there's, everyone wants to know like what's next. And it's like, well, I have like a list of a thousand things that I don't actually have a list written down, but in my head, there's so many cool things uh-huh. in Colorado, in North America, you know, in the world that it'd be amazing to just go see some of that stuff. Uh, and it's not like, oh, I have a list of records I want to go try to to grab. It's just uh, different parts of the world, like go down to Patagonia, go to, you know, 
Japan, go to these different places in the in the world and just explore the culture and the mountain running and climbing and all, all you know the landscape. So I, yeah, I have a lifetime of of things that I would like to do, but they definitely they won't all happen. Yeah. But it's there's just so many cool <laughs> things to do. So. Um, there is, yeah, it just never ends. Do you have anything that's on the top of that list, like something you want to do next year? Um, I would like to explore a little bit some of the other ranges in Colorado. The Gore Range has always intrigued me. Um, yeah, doing a little bit more with the bike and sort of this whole self-propelled thing could be pretty cool. Um, exploring yeah. some of the other great traverses in uh, in the U.S., so like the Evolution Traverse in the Sierras and the, S the Cirque of the Towers Traverse and the Wind. The Grand Traverse and the Tetons. It's like those kind of missions are what I really get psyched about. So I, you know, those would be cool to knock out at some point. Um, yeah, explore wow. the other ranges awesome. in the, I guess, yeah, the U.S. or even go to Alaska if I'm lucky um, to. For sure. Um, yeah. Well, you're a young dude, man. You got plenty yeah, of time. We'll see. I don't know the pandemic. I don't really traveling. Yeah, it's okay, true. Colorado, I can I can hang around. I can hang around. For sure, for sure. And you can explore Colorado your whole life and still never cover yeah, it I mean, all. I've but... only done like, I haven't even done half the 14ers. It's like, yeah, like. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's all heavily weighted on longs. I mean, I've, I've seen a few, but, you know, like, there's the yeah, people that have yeah. done all the 14ers. And I was like, you know more about Colorado than I do because all these other spots <laughs> I haven't been to, so. Uh, well as a as a climber and just uh all the things that you do i'm guessing i could be wrong but i'm guessing longs is probably going to remain oh, your yeah, favorite for sure uh, i know it's my favorite i've done most of them and uh man i just keep coming back to longs and it just always inspires yeah. i mean it's such well it's listen, not, no, no go ahead it's not a i think maybe tony said this but it's like it's not like a runner's mountain in the sense that it's like you can run just kind of up the hill and you, you you need to know a little bit more than than just running so that plus the variety of terrain the variety of routes like you have all the the, the steep routes on the diamond you know you have all of that and you have all the, the routes on the different aspects of the mountains it's like you can go up a different way every time like for 50 times. and mm -hmm. so Versus like Beardstadt, like you're going to go up, that's the way, like, and you're going to just be with everyone going up that way. And so, long, not, that, not yep. that that's wrong, yep. like, you know, getting up to four feet, that's For rad, sure. but long, there's just a lot more variety and a lot more technical terrain and the rock quality is really good. So that's not all the... Yeah, I mean... We were talking about how you could explore Colorado forever. Honestly, I think you could explore Longs forever. Totally. I mean, uh, Jim, <laughs> so many Jim, routes. Uh, Jim Detterline, which is a, he's he passed away a couple years ago, but he was a Longs Peak Ranger. I mean, he went up Longs 428 times, which makes the number ah, that I've gone up great. like that's minuscule. So he like he knew like sure. that was his home. Like he knew that place. That's unbelievable. Yeah. The bar just keeps getting set higher and higher, man. You hear this stuff and it's like, geez, I just have a yeah. long ways to go. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Well, listen, man, it's been so awesome talking with you, Kyle. I really appreciate you taking the time and congrats on the FKT. It's just uh, remarkable. Just looking at that time. It's just mind blowing. I wish I, 
wish I could have been out there just to see a portion of it just because it's, you know, I, I mean, it's hard to even imagine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> under two hours is just crazy. So, um, yeah, man, congrats. Hats Thank off to you. Do you have any shout outs or anything that you'd like to mention? You mentioned you had a website as well. Where can people find you? Um, yeah, I have a website. It's kyleprichardson.com. Uh, I'm like on all the social media platforms, but um, just email. If you want to reach out, just hit me up on Instagram. I'm happy to answer any questions um, that anyone has pretty much ever. Uh, sometimes it can get hard, be hard to reply like, quick but i try to get back to everyone because i think it's cool when people reach out and they have a genuine question like it's cool to start a conversation and maybe learn mm -hmm. something about mm -hmm. someone that lives across the the globe so that's cool so definitely reach out if anyone ever has any questions happy to like talk and chat or whatnot uh, but yeah cool. that's that's kind of it thanks for having me on i really appreciate it i thought that you asked some great questions and it's cool to kind of expand upon some of that stuff because i've definitely done stuff in the past where it's yeah you just it's kind of surface level and i feel like we really got into some deeper things and talked about some meaningful stuff and it's cool i really uh really appreciate you having me on well cool man i think uh thanks and i appreciate you saying that that means a lot and i had a great time talking to you man you're you're <laughs> badass you're a cool dude and you're kind of a renaissance man so no i really enjoyed the conversation man so i'm really looking forward just to seeing what's in the future for you hopefully i can get to talk to you again um just keep on inspiring people man keep doing Thanks, big yeah, things maybe i'll see you out on the uh the trail someday i'm, I'm, I'm sure that will happen i mean like it, it's <laughs> dude when you're flying by me at 30 miles an hour i'll try and stop you and say yeah, hi no, at some I, point uh, I'll, I'll stop for sure <laughs> <laughs> right on dude well, thanks so much, Kyle. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, have a great too. day, man. Talk to you later. Thanks, buddy. Bye. All right. There it is. Let me know what you guys thought. Kyle Richardson. Uh, he's just a, a maniac in the mountains. And I just love talking to him. Um, but, you know, like we mentioned in the conversation, it's it's not just about going fast. It's, uh, it's about getting outside your comfort zone. It's about getting out and doing big things. And big things is going to look different for everybody. Um, you know, I want to talk to somebody who really put their mind to it and lost a bunch of weight. Uh, I want to talk about somebody who started lifting weights for the first time in their life. And they're taking that to the next level. I want to talk to somebody who overcame a bunch of trauma in their life and uh, really dug deep inside themselves to come out on the other end. All that stuff inspires me. So whatever you guys got for me, if you got any suggestions of people I need to talk to, let me know. I'd love to hear them. All that stuff gets me off. I, I like it all, man. I just love hearing all those stories. If you dug this conversation, um, it would be a huge help to us if you could share it, share it with friends, share it on your social media, um, give this a podcast a review. That really helps us come up in the ratings, or at least so I hear. Um, and also, uh, if you like the content that I'm bringing you guys, uh, maybe you'd be interested in uh, donating a couple bucks every month. Um, eventually that money is going to go to new equipment and hopefully these po podcasts will sound a little bit better. 
Um, but that would be a huge help because uh, this is just a labor of love at this point. This is like public radio. We're just giving it to you for free and uh, hoping that people will uh, pitch in a buck or two here and there and, and uh, so that it can keep on coming your way. I love hearing this stuff. I love talking to these guys, and I hope you guys dig it too. Um, you can find us at big-things-crewing.com. Anything ultramarathon related, whether it's training, coaching, or you literally need a pacer to get you to the finish line, we can help you out there. We're located in Colorado, so that's where most of our work takes place, but it's all negotiable. So let me know what you guys got. Would love to help you guys. Would love to be of service. We're here to inspire. We want to inspire you to do big things. Stay tuned. Got some great guests coming up. And uh, as always, we're doing big things. So I hope you guys have a great week. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Peace.